A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today I have a returning guest, a gentleman by the name of Punit Bhartia. Punit, very warm welcome to you again, sir. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for being here, uh, having me and thank you so much for allowing me to share my views. And those views, listeners, um, I don't know if you've listened to the previous one that uh, Punit and I did, which was the ABC, The Joy of Life. Quite fascinating insights and uh, at times contrasting views on the philosophy of life, but in a good, real, solid, practical way. So what we decided, Point and I, was wouldn't it be interested if we if we had a conversation around this concept of developing world game changers? So that's where we're at, listeners. So um, here we go. Punit, what is a world game changer? Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. A game changer for me is anybody who is able to realize his or her potential or his or her skills into any arena. Maybe it's like a tennis player, Roger Federer in tennis, Novak Djokovic in tennis, Rafael Nadal in tennis, or it's a ballet dancer, or it's a leader, or even a coach like Tony Robbins, or anybody who leverages on their strengths, knows what they have to contribute to the world and are changing the game, changing the rules of the game. Interesting. I've got two or three insights that I'd like to share. And, and you know, all these are open. And, you know, I don't think obviously with a big title like World Game Changer, that I don't think there's just one title that, that sums it up. But here's, here's two or three bullet points from my own perception of what, what a world game changer is. So firstly, a world game changer devotes themselves to a higher purpose to impact the world and the lives of others for the better. So there's one thought. A world game changer intentionally works to improve the circumstances and people with whom they are associated by taking action and inspiring others to take action. And then my third take upon this is a world game changer develops their talent and skills and pursues opportunities to increase their influence for the greater good. Any thoughts about those, Punit? I think that's spot on. So when I talk about people who change the world, impact the world or realize their potential, the question is how do you realize your potential and how do you bring in yourself the knowledge, the awareness, the the inclination or intent to say, I want to be this. So how do you do it? You find your purpose. You find what is it that motivates you? What is it that energizes you? And what is it that is aligned with your core values, your belief as a human being? For that, of course, you need a lot of awareness, understanding of who you are, what your values are, and so on. And then you are moving towards that purpose by developing your talents, by developing your strengths, by developing your skills and adding on new skills on the way. But then it's a journey 
and it's a joy than anything else. So it's not, you're not working towards it. It's a love. It's a passion that drives you towards your purpose. And of course, behind it, as you're continually improving, your second point that comes along is the intentional work with others. Because if you have to make an impact at a global scale, at a large scale, you will not be able to do it yourself. So you need a let me call it a tribe, a community, a collection of people, your company who will work with you, who will think like you and who will help you get things done because you have a purpose and purpose is larger than you. And that where the larger than you part, others will contribute. So you are spot on on that. But I would add that you also need a lot of self-awareness, self-mastery around who you are, and being able to control and manage your emotion so that the purpose is the guiding spirit rather than the day-to-day distractions. Mm, it's a very valid point, isn't it? Because isn't it true, listeners, that we as human beings, if I can be allowed to generalize, we do get distracted. We are influenced by our emotions. We react, you know, simple situation, getting cut up on, you know, by another car or, you know, somebody does something yeah, that you or we deem to be out of character. Why did they do that? What's the point of that? And for that split second, or maybe even longer, it gets us angry and we react or we can react. And part of that mastery point that you refer to is controlling those emotions, isn't it? Knowing that that challenge, whatever it was, it can pass very quickly if we allow it to. But it's almost that kind of fight or flight, isn't there? That, you know, that instant reaction of anger, happiness, whatever that emotion is. And that's one of the things, isn't it? Learning to control that and witness that like a cloud in the sky. It will come and it will go. That's that's that can be easier said than done, can't it? It's easier said than done. And we also need to realize that it's not a state you will always be in. It's something you aspire for, you want to achieve. Sometimes you will be in that state of flow, but sometimes you you won't be. And when I say awareness, and I think most people, when they say awareness, it's about knowing that now you are in flow, so let's take advantage of it. And knowing that when you're not in your flow, how to bring yourself back or not to let yourself drift out of flow for too long. Because... Not being in control is also being in control. So when you know I'm not in control, essentially you know you have some control over the fact that you're not in control and you're trying to bring it back. So that's the essence of it. It's not a, not a how do I say, one directional journey saying now I'm in control and I will remain in control. No, you will not. You will rather have periods of flow, you'll have periods of control and you'll also have the periods of when you're not in control and you're finding it hard and a few hours, few days, and based on your practice, it can be longer. Then you realize, ah, I'm losing out. This is not the direction I want to go. Then you bring yourself back and you put yourself again on your mission. So it's a journey. It's a transition and it's a transformation. And that's how you transcend from your being a human who flows with the emotions versus an emo- uh, a human who is going to control his emotions and master his or her emotions. Mm. On that journey metaphor, Pony, that you referred to there, that always reminds me of of being in a car. Because in many respects, we we are like, we are a vehicle, aren't we? And we go on a journey. We go on several journeys. 
and sub-journeys. And isn't it true that in an ideal situation, we'd love to be on the freeway, you know, cruising 70 miles an hour, the sunroof down, and the world's a beautiful place. We're going forward, no obstacles, everything's great. However, however, life's not like that, is it, listeners? Because from time to time, there will be an obstruction on the road. And we might find ourselves, as that metaphoric vehicle, even having to go in reverse and back up sometimes. And then all of a sudden, the sun's not shining. And, you know, the circumstances change. So we might have to take a detour from what we thought in what can often be our ego-driven way of being and thinking, oh, why is this not happening the way I thought? I've got my journey planned and I've allowed four hours for it. And now there's a tree fell over the road and there's detours and I'm going to be late. And we get frustrated, we get angry because we've lost control. So do you think and feel, Pony, that part is a paradox here, isn't there, for that control actually to have that control, part of that is actually letting go of control, isn't it? There are two parts to it. I agree with you, but there are two parts. On one hand, you need to understand and realize that life is all about solving problems or all about managing problems. Because if you're saying, I will be driving 70 miles on a highway, there's no obstruction, no one else and I will continue to do it, and sun will keep shining. Well, that is an expectation to have, but it's not going to work. The only pro only people who don't have problems are dead people. So if you are alive, you are going to have some problem or the other, and it's the quality of problems that will determine the quality of your life, as Tony Robbins says. So that's one aspect of it, that do expect problems and do expect to solve them. So if being out of control is the problem, let it be. But then behind it, the second dimension is the principle of values and how you act because nobody is always kind and nobody is always unkind. Nobody is always in love and nobody is always in hate. So we've, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And what tends to happen is when you drift towards one person that we call it infatuation, you tend to subordinate your values to them and then over time you realize that it's painful and you want to come back and then you go the other direction you tend to hate them and then you want to get rid of them so it's two extremes but the truth is somewhere in the middle nobody is perfect and so are you so you will neither be always loving nor be you'll always be hating and you will need to find your balance and it's the process, it's the journey of finding that balance. And while understanding that there will be challenges, there will be problems, there will be issues to enjoy that journey of solving problems, solving issues and along with it, finding your balance. And you will get out of balance, but if you know I'm drifting on the left, on the right, you can always bring it back whenever you come to. And yes, it'll happen. Sometimes you have drifted far too off and it'll take few days and maybe if sometimes a week or two to bring yourself back. But if you're aware of it, if you're not aware of it, then life is happening and you don't even know what's going on because life is happening to you and that's not a good situation to be in. So would it be fair to say then, Punit, that the first steps are to becoming a world game changer? And I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here by even asking this question, but the first steps are 
for us to be the best we can be. I, I think I quoted it in the you know my one of my three bullet points here about searching our higher purpose. You know, because how can I expect to influence the outside world or contribute to the outside world if I'm not if I'm not contributing to myself, if I'm not being the best version and shining as bright as I can, vibrating as highly as I can, how on earth can we expect to influence the outside world? Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. And if you allow me, I'd like to break it down into blocks. So when you say that we have to be the best version of ourselves, the question is how? Mm. And there are steps. The first step is awareness around who you are, what your preferences are, what your values are, what drives you, what irritates you, what you enjoy, what you love, what puts you in flow and all those things. So it's a state of observing so that you understand yourself better because the outside world is later. First, you need to manage and control yourself, understand yourself. And it's not about controlling. It's about being aware of who you are, what your values are, what is driving you and what gives you the purpose, the joy and everything. And then being able to observe the flow of emotions as we call it the dance of life. So you are able to observe what's going on, what's happening and all those things. And when you are in a state that you can observe and be aware of, then you want to manage them. That is okay, I'm angry, now what do I do? So rather than you are angry and you let it go at somebody, you are able to know that you are angry and you are able to channelize it or you are able to maneuver it into the right spirit and without causing any damage for anyone else. And then once you have achieved that, that is you learned to be aware and you learn to be managing your emotions, what we call is you are into a state of or towards self-mastery wherein you will understand your emotions and you will be able to accept them and choose to react in the way you want to react. And once the self is in control, then you are going to say, okay, now externally, who do I want to impact and how do I want to impact? And that's where the drive, the purpose and all these things come in. But unless and until you can manage yourself, managing others or creating an impact, I think that's a challenge too far. Mm. But within managing self, that's a really interesting one, Punit, because I think as humans, you know, we are, we do have, you know, those moments of fallibility, vulnerability, some would say weakness. I mean, you know, that's not a word that I like to use because of the energy attached to it. But, you know, we are human and we make mistakes or so we, you know, to use that label. I mean, there's different ways of framing this. So I am playing a bit of devil's advocate here. So, you know, with all within all this this frailty, this human frailty, you know, there is that kind of sometimes that expectation, and that's a different thing altogether, as we know, but there's that expectation that I've failed, isn't there? Because I've let my halo slip and I'm not the best I can be. And, you know, why did I get angry there? And why did I overreact there? Why did I do this? And then we go into the, the language, the self-defeating language of I should have done this and I should have done that. So, but I think it's like you say, isn't it? it's about having that awareness. Even when things do slip, and, you know, they maybe go on a little bit longer than what we would have liked. It's just being aware that, hmm, okay, what can I take from that learning-wise? 
Yeah, and I think you use the right language uh, on your own the, in the end saying, it's not a failure, it's a learning, it's an experience. So it's your choice. If you want to be in a balanced state, you'll say everything is an experience. But when you are in biased mindset, you say it's a positive experience, it's a negative experience, it's a learning, it's a failure, it's a success, it's a failure. He loves me, he hates me. On all that is then getting biased. Mm. If you want to stay in neutral, stay balanced, everything is an experience and it makes you learn something. Of course, the positive ones, you tend to ignore them because you're not in a reflection mode and the negative ones, you tend to reflect more and convert them into learnings or challenges or sometimes saying it's a failure and what can I learn from it or even it was hard. So end of the day, it's all about staying in balance and accepting everything as an experience, which gives you something which will contribute to the greater life in future. Mm. That is easier said than done, as we said earlier. So it's very easy to say right now in this state of mind, but a few hours later or a few hours earlier, I may not have been able to do it. And it's certain I will not be able to do it in coming days in certain situations. But realizing it and bringing yourself back, that's the whole essence of being a game changer and being successful. So in terms, funny to have, you know, being working towards our higher self, being the best we can be, uh, we've also spoken, haven't we, about your ABC model, you know, the joy of life and how we, we, we create these, these mental models, don't we? You know, we... Uh, these they become like stepping stones for us don't they mentally and we, we create this this kind of crutch if you will to to help us along our way so i just want to kind of revisit that a little bit funny as, as we go through this mini series of developing world game changers if you just give us a recap on your abc because i think this is so important when we talk about taking those first steps to becoming a or let's say a game changer of any description, let alone a world game changer, because as we both agree on, it starts with us first. So just give us a brief recap, if you will, on your ABC model. Yeah, I mean, uh, the full ABC is up to until Z, so A to Z, and that'll take a long time, but I'll <laughs> touch upon some of the things and try to do a quick recap of the ABC. So it all starts with action, wherein... It's actions on being aware, actions on managing yourself, actions on uh, improving your mastery, actions on identifying your purpose, and then believing in all that you are and you want to be. And once you believe, you have the courage because you'll have the fear. What if, what if others will say this? What if I'm a failure? But in spite of that fear, you have the courage to take action and then make a decision that you will take action regularly. And while taking that action, you become ethical or you remain ethical. Ethical means being true to your values and knowing what is right and what is not right. And as you do that, what comes in is fitness. Because if you're not physically fit, you can't be mentally fit. And if you're not physically fit, not mentally fit, all these things go for a toss. And then as we call it purpose, I call them goals. So you define your mini destinations, mini objectives, and you achieve them. And as you do that, you get into the habit of doing these things regularly. 
and then you have an identity with which you start to associate a positive identity a positive way of looking at yourself and once you have reached that you tend to be less judgmental and i call it the judgment part so you leave the judgment part and you're more kind you're more loving and you can seek meaning into different things and as you do that you're focused on now and you become more optimistic and you start to have a philosophy of life in which you have the quest to know more while respecting everyone else and making everything a study and as you make everything a study you are in control of your thoughts or you're able to observe your thoughts and you know your values and vision much much better and then you start to realize that each and every word you use has a meaning and you also start to believe in the x factor that is the laws of universe how the universe works and how it doesn't work so you follow that and then the emphasis is everything starting with you but everything ending with others and then in the end you have the zeal or the zest to kind of continue on that journey so that's the a b c to z in short if i may call it like that hmm. the abridged version i think what uh, what would be useful for it um well more than useful actually that's not the right word uh what would be fascinating listeners fascinating that's the word i'm looking for is to dig you know as on this mini series is to dig down a bit deeper onto this a to z and and just capture the essence because as i say we do create these mental models and these stepping stones to help us along our way and i know from personal experience how powerful they can be particularly with when we are taking those first daunting steps of on that journey of self discovery self improvement call it what you will so i mean in terms of becoming a world game changer upon it we've alluded to obviously it starts with us as first and we've kind of had a look at one or two things to as i say create stepping stones but it's it's not it's not a five minute journey is it it's not something that we can wake up one morning and say right this is what i'm going to do i mean i would offer it's a lifetime commitment isn't it it is it's a journey and in the journey there are multiple dimensions to it it's not just one aspiration like if i play back to tennis players because those are the some of the people whom i observe very keenly it's not about winning it's not about winning grand slams it's not about winning tournaments it's not about winning matches that's one part of it it's about who you become on that journey it's about who you take along as your family as your friends and how you contribute to the larger purpose of that game so all those dimensions start to kick in because when you start on your journey your goal is i want to be the best tennis player i want to win x number of grand slams but eventually it converges or it transcends into something bigger how can i contribute to this game and then the number of grand slams number of matches starts to become immaterial and then it's about family as well so then you are getting into what i call it the solar system model that is you started with you then it became an about family then it was certain point about financials and then it was about a profession wherein you wanted to excel and have more and more grand slams or more and more matches but then it becomes a spiritual quest or rather a network 
that I want to contribute to others. And then it becomes a spiritual quest. And then eventually you have realized who you are and you've contributed to various dimensions. While at the start, the focus may be very narrow-minded, very, uh, how do I say, materialistic. But eventually you realize it's a quest. It's a journey of many multiple things. And it's in that process what you are becoming. So it's easy to say self-realization or self-actualization or self-improvement. But as you go on that journey, eventually you end up with a lot more than what you aspire for. Yeah. You kind of just <laughs> right at the end there, Pony, you kind of answered my uh, a question that came into my head. And it's something that when I deal with clients, listeners, I, I get asked this question quite a lot. Paul, why should I bother? What's the point of, of going on this journey of what you call self-discovery, whatever, you, you know, self-actualization, improvement, call it what you will. Why should I bother? Because it sounds like a lot of trouble to me. What would you say to that, Paulette? That's an interesting question, but it's not for everyone. Let's also be clear. Because you need to have some moments, some challenges in life, which put you beyond your current day to day. Because most people are happy and most people are probably busy, I would say, not happy. But they think they are happy in their nine to five routines, in their day to day life. And there's nothing wrong with it. But the whole thing is, are you feeling the joy? But they are into a ritual, they are into a habit of going in, going out, coming in, coming out, and the life is running out of time. So that's one way of living. And the other is you observe because you are the, there's the observe, uh, there's the observation, there's the observer and the observee and everything else. But if you're not paying attention, it's all happening you're not even paying attention to your thoughts. So it's a choice. It's not for everyone and it's not necessary. You have to. But if you're looking at meaning of things beyond a certain level, beyond you and seeing how or why you are here and what can you contribute and how can you bring the best out of you? If those are the questions you have, I think you need to start with a small goal and rest of the things will accumulate. And as a magnet, rest of the things will be attracted and you'll end up being self-actualized. And if you don't do that, the consequence is you can always set up a target. I want to be a successful businessman. I want to have X number of what, euros, pounds, dollars, whatever you want. So X number of money or let's put like X amount of money. But what if you get there? You'll still feel now what? Because you are ch- chasing an illusion. And when you are chasing an illusion, one, you don't enjoy the journey. And two, when you reach there, you feel empty or lonely. And if you are aware of all these things, you take along everyone else and more importantly, yourself along it saying that's definitely an aspiration, but it's not the end all and be all. I mean, we've seen uh, quite few famous people reach pinnacle and then commit a suicide. So why? Why does it happen? Because on the way, it was all about materialistic achievement and it was not about realizing who you are and what you wanted to achieve. Maybe you went into a path and ended up being so lonely that you couldn't even manage that success. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 
A very profound subject, Punit, is it, it not? Is. Yes. It is um, very profound, very tricky and very challenging. And as I say, it's not for everyone. And it takes time to get into this kind of a thought process. Mm. So as we draw to a close on this first of the mini-series around developing world game changes, I'm going to invite the guest in, and obviously Punit, to, to have the last word. Uh, well, the penultimate word, I won't say quite the last word. But uh, before I do that, Punit, I just want to invite you in to share your contact details, you know, so listeners could reach out if they so desired to you know, find out more about you, contact you. So how do they do that? Well, the easiest way is to find me on LinkedIn and contact me. And there are many other ways, of course, because we are in modern world, digitally connected world. So if you search my name on Google, you'll find different ways of connecting. But the most simplest, straightforward way is connect with me on LinkedIn. And don't get scared by, because by my corporate profile and other identities, as I call it, because I have many identities, including the one you have heard in last few minutes. Hmm. Okay, well, listeners, as ever, those details, Punit's details will be in the show notes, so you can check them out there. So, Punit, the final question, then, as I say, on this first of this mini-series, so it's that 30-second, we're in the elevator lift scenario. I want you to leave us, if you will, with one one tip, insight, share, inspiration, call it what you will, that how do we become world game changer, a world game changer in 30 seconds? So three things, think about what you want to do and why. Believe in that why and believe in that thinking and tell yourself that thinking consistently so that your mind and body starts to believe in it. And then start acting in consistency with your thinking and your belief. And during that action phase, you will realize that things are starting to happen. Superb. So there you have it, listeners. You make your mind up. Pony, I want to thank you. It's been a fascinating conversation as ever. So immense gratitude to you for, you know, for sharing, for being here, for giving your energy, your time, your thoughts, your insights. Thank you very much indeed, sir. Thank you, Paul, for having me. You're doing great stuff. Please keep doing that stuff. And on that very positive note, listeners, all that remains now is for me to sign off by saying, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?